welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny's guest is Corinne Grillo, and the two of them will be discussing about her latest book, The Angel Experiment, a 21-day magical adventure to heal your life. So tune in and discover that miracles are real, and there is no such thing as coincidence, and a mighty team of angels always has your back. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Okay, here we are today with Corinne Grillo. She is the author of The Angel Experiment. Um, and uh, I think you've already gotten all the disclaimers and all of our show information, so I'm just going to dive right in with a um, with a bio for Corinne. And um, we won't get to hear from Benny today because somehow he is uh, with without the ability to connect to us. But fortunately, he got the show going. Um, and Benny, Benny, we've got a live chat always going on Skype with this, and, and he's saying, sorry. <laughs> Benny, it's okay. These things happen, and this is the fun of live radio, and it keeps us on our toes. And oh, Anywho, so our guest today, as I mentioned, is Corinne Grillo, and she is the author of the book we'll be discussing today, The Angel Experiment, and founder of The Angel uh, Alchemy Academy. She's a trained psychotherapist, an angel channel, a healer, and a teacher. Um, Corinne has helped thousands of people all over the world go from angel curious to angel powered. She lives in Northern California, which I do too now, which is fun. We'll have to get together um, to find out more, um, to learn about her. Uh, if you want to go ahead and visit her website, you can access that by going to CorinneGrillo.com. And that's spelled C-O-R-I-N. Last name is G-R. I-L-L-O, CorinneGrillo.com. Uh, Corinne, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I was so excited. This is another one of um, Kim Corbin's uh, New World Library authors. I just, New World Library is just the best. <laughs> they put out the best books. <laughs> yeah, they are amazing. And it's not just the books. The people who work there are amazing. Yes, I could not agree more. Um, and I just am always delighted when Kim sends someone my way and you are one of the latest authors. And I just have to say, Corinne, um, your book was so much fun to read and I'm so excited to share it with our audience. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's, I want to start with a little bit of background because, you know, obviously people know from your bio that you work with angels, you teach other people to work with angels. You've got a fabulous new book called The Angel Experiment. And uh, it it's all sounds amazing, but it wasn't always that way for you. And I, I just want to start with a little bit of background. And one of the quotes that I pulled that I thought was really powerful that I think would be awesome for a jumping off point, because I think it can provide perhaps encouragement to someone else out there who is going through a bit of a tough time. So you write that the first 37 years of your life, you suffered from chronic depression. Um, and, and you say, I use the phrase my life loosely. I was the walking dead. I white knuckled my way through life, pretending to be happy, but on the inside, I was tortured. And my only true prayer each morning was for that day to be my last. That's pretty powerful. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was even more intense living it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But wow. Yeah. Thanks for pulling that out. Um, yeah, it was pretty hardcore. It was a very, very hardcore, uh, early life. And, um, and yeah, I think it was really by the age of 18 that I had made that decision, made the decision that, that, uh, it's better to, to have this life be done than to keep living it because there was so much, um, hardship and, and ridiculousness that had went on 
by, by that age. So I, I made, uh, I was just so tired, so tired. And I really don't know. It's pretty, it's a miracle that I still kind of endured for so long. And, and um, it's not like I didn't, you know, I did, I, I was too much of a wuss to actually take my own life. But in my 20s, I sure, sure tried really hard by engaging in all kinds of wild activities that, that might have gotten me dead. But, uh, but that didn't work out the way I was hoping. Yeah, well, clearly, uh, there, there was a lot more left for you to do on this earth. And so what shifted? What, um, what changed everything that brings us to where we sit today? Yeah, well, um, it was, uh, it was really nothing that I did on my own so much. It was, I, I was doing, in a sense, more of the same. Eventually, I put my life together a little bit. You know, I got a great career as a psychotherapist and and uh, had a child and a husband and a and even a house. So I followed the recipe, you know, the rest of the formula yeah. that Ellis is going to make us happy. And I was just getting worse and worse. Um, and it's because I hadn't, I hadn't really um, dealt with my past. I kind of ran from it. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was uh, during a really tortured period of my life. And when I say tortured, uh, I was just working way too much. I had a child at home and I just felt like I was uh, failing at both ends. You know, I was rescuing kids, uh, gang, gang members off the streets and trying to help support them and their families as a psychotherapist. And as you can imagine, that that wasn't a job that was um, that you could feel 100% successful for because what, what the, those communities are up against are far bigger than any one person. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was, uh, in order for me to cope, it was, uh, it was in my mid thirties. I was drinking about a fifth of tequila every two days. Mm. Um, I was medicating myself in other ways with, with antidepressants and with Adderall. So I could actually wake up in the morning and, and focus and try and pretend to have, uh, uh, some energy. So it was particularly bad. And, uh, and a friend of mine, without knowing what, what I was going through, actually nobody knew what I was going through back then because I was not um, a fan of sharing my feelings. Um, so, Interesting as a psychotherapist. Right? I know. So many ironies in, in all of the work that, that we do, right? It's like we're, we wear a mask and then, you know, the real person on the inside is could be a completely different beast. And, and back then, I was a totally different beast. Yeah. Um, and so, so... And that's just really how I learned how to survive and how I'm sure a lot of people learn how to survive. We see all these images of perfection and we got it all together and, and we, don't, we don't really understand the depth um, of, of anyone's struggle. And I think the more that we talk about our struggle, the more we realize other people have it too. And so I've, I've, come, I've turned the corner on that, Sonny. I'm happy to talk about, talk about the crap. No problem. Yay. Well, I'm yeah. so glad. And you had started to say, I think that that one of the one of the catalysts in helping you turn that corner, your friend gifted you with yeah. an angel reading. Yes, she gifted me with an angel reading. I didn't know what that was, um, uh, but I thought like, okay, wow, it sounds like I'm going to go see a psychic, which to me was always kind of fun. And yeah. so I went in, and this lady started dropping down wisdom. <laughs> telling, telling that her telling me that her the, my angels were saying this and that and I was blown away because there's no way that she knew um, anything that was going on in my life but of course she started talking about all the crapola that I was going through and I was like hey I don't want to talk about that that's not why I'm here but um, but yeah so she went started doing angel healing work which is an energy 
work and I could actually start feeling things move through my body. So, mm. so by the end of that session, I felt like a different person. I felt lighter, brighter. And I had, I opened up to the reality of maybe there's angels. I wasn't sure yet, but I knew that something powerful happened. So she told me one thing, talk to your angels as if they're real. And, and, and that's what I did from the moment I left, I started talking to my angels, asking them for help, asking me to show me that they're real. And right away I started getting all of these angel synchronicities. I started seeing wings everywhere and angel music, you know, with music with the words angel piped it's through the, through the radio. And, and uh, essentially the world started coming to life to me and I started feeling more hopeful and it really amplified for the next few days until the third day that I witnessed a, a, a bona fide miracle. And that is the moment where it moved from angels are a possibility into angels are a reality and I'm paying attention. Yeah, that I have to ask because the, the, I, let me just preface this by saying what you described in the book, that earth shattering miracle, I absolutely believe it, but I've never heard of anything like that. Um, this, this, do you mind telling our audience, you know, what, what happened to you? I just was, uh, really like, I've never heard anything like it before. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Me neither. I, at the time, I was like, what the heck just happened to me? Um, so here's what happened. I'm driving down the street, going through the hood, one of, one of, the, one of the ghettos of Los Angeles, and, uh, to go see a client. And I, this was after a couple of days of like communion with the angels. You know, I was just, whoa, I was feeling better and all the synchronicities. And I felt really connected to something. Um, and so uh, as I'm driving down the road, having my like, woohoo, angel party, there a bird drops down from the sky and lands directly in front of my car to where I had to hit the brakes. And I was like, what the heck is that? So I drive around slowly and there's no one else on the streets. It's not a lot of traffic because it's a residential neighborhood. So I, I take my time as I'm driving around and I, and I stop the car and I see it's a bird uh, about pigeon size with a broken wing and it's mm -hmm. trying to push itself up with its other wing. And my heart exploded <clears throat> Um, my heart kind of exploded. I felt so bad for this bird because, um, and and I just felt like really, it was such a weird moment because I just was having this um, kind of beautiful joy experience over the last couple of days for the first time probably ever in my life. And then here's this like bird carnage and I didn't know what to make of it, but I surely wasn't going to get out of the car and help the bird because I was in a bad neighborhood and uh, I was going to be late to my client's house. So I used my new trick, which was asking the angels uh, for help. So I said, hey, angels, can you help this bird and take it out of its suffering or whatever? So I did. It, maybe it was even my first prayer for someone else or something else. I, I asked for help for on behalf of something else and someone something else. And so uh, that's the best I could do. So I continued to slowly drive around the bird and I kept sending it good juju um, as I was looking through the rear view mirror. But I noticed something as I looked through the rear view mirror right away, the bird started kind of shimmying on the ground, um, kind of bouncing, not bouncing high, but I just noticed it was kind of looked like it was wiggling or something. And so I stopped the car, kept looking. And as I watched a, a tiny bird jumped up from the body of the bigger bird and flew away. Then a second bird did that, the same thing. And then a third bird that was just a little smaller and darker, a little wobblier than, than the other two, also jumped up from the body of that bird and flew away. And what was left on the ground that I could see was nothing. 
And so, uh, of course, I then decided I didn't care if I was going to, you know, did you have any bad, have anything bad to happen to me if I get out of the car as a single woman on the street? I'm just going to get out and look and see what happened. And there was nothing left on the ground. Mm. Yeah. And I know you, you write in the book that it took you several years to ever share that story with anyone else. And I can understand why, because I'm sure there are some skeptics out there who would not believe that story, but it was transformative for you. I mean, what happened from that point and why did you decide to ultimately share it? Well, yeah, I, you know, I tried to, in a sense, resist going um, public with it. And again, I just want to like put this framework out there for people. I'm not a religious person. Uh, I was not a religious person. Clearly, I was not behaving in religious ways back then. I wouldn't consider myself pious or anything like that. So it took me a while to come come to grips with the new me that was being birthed with this incredible faith and in a higher power and with this knowing that miracles are real. So uh, like literally real. Yeah. Okay. And so um, it took me a while to, to go public. Uh, but I had to eventually, because what was happening to me was so radical that like, that miracle was like, woo, mind blowing. But the real mind blowing stuff ha- happened right after that, which is I started being happy <laughs> in life. And, <laughs> and I, I wanted to wake up in the morning and I didn't pray to, for my life to end. I was, I looked forward, like I felt like my life became a magical playground where, uh, where wonderful things were happening. And in my practice, that's really where I started having to own kind of the angels because I wanted to keep it like as my little, little dirty, little lovely secret. Right. Um, but I couldn't, you know, because when people are suffering in my office, right in front of me, they're crying and all this stuff. And, and, uh, and me, of course, knowing what that's like at a certain point, I had an obligation to acknowledge the fact that angels were there in the room for them because the angels would come in and start lighting up my body. I would feel electricity come into the room. And, and then at a certain point, you just have to claim it and own it. So that's what I did. I would just say, Hey, you want to hear some weird information? (laughs) And and then, and then my number one line that I used to say, Hey, you want to try something weird? Cause then I would want to work with angel energy in order to heal the person and help them help support and lift out the darkness, you know? And so that's, that's really when I started owning it. It it was out of necessity because I want to help people. And when you know that the, that the angels can, and that spirit can help heal you more than 10 years of psychotherapy in a matter of minutes, then you have an obligation to say it out loud and okay, I might lose my license for this. <laughs> my peers might ridicule me, but I'm, I'm here to, to help people. And that yeah, I had, so I had to start focusing on them and less about like what's going to happen to me. Yeah. Those are the stories that are the most powerful. I mean, you know, of course, like Dr. Brian Weiss, who of course he's, he's, you know, Ivy league pedigree and still chair emeritus at um, what university I can't remember, you know, psychiatry. And when he started doing past life regressions and everyone was like, what, but he's devoted his life's work to it. And so I just have to applaud um, the people like you and like Brian Weiss and others who are really brave enough to share these stories because you are transforming lives in a way, like you say, that very little else can when you start tapping into the kind of power that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, who would have known? But but once I was kind of, you know, clued in and in the know, it took me a sec to to really rectify those two apparent opposites, which was the the rational world versus the magical, 
mystical, irrational world and bridge those two together, but they, they do belong together. I, I don't reject my, um, my training as psycho, like as a psychotherapist, I've just in a sense elevated it. Yeah. I'm so glad you say that because I think so often there is that the two, the divide between the two, the science and the spiritual, but really I think we, we know now and are only beginning to hit the tip of the iceberg and what we can see with our scientific instruments, but we are the two, the two go hand in hand. And, um, I, yeah, I really, again, just thank you for bringing your story out. Um, and, and also encouraging for others out there, you know, do we have to have this kind of earth shattering moment that you had to begin to work with the angels? Uh, absolutely not. I think the earth shattering thing happened to me because I was, I was that off track. I was, I was, I was that dark Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and they had to get my attention somehow. Uh, but, uh, after working with thousands of people, teaching them how to make a powerful connection, teaching them how to heal their bodies with spirit and, and open up their lives to their life purpose, to the, to their mission through the power of spirit. I know that people can can shift their frequency and really open up their heart, mind and lives to it without a big event. All it takes is intention intention and a real know-how and a desire and a willingness to to be loved and supported which some of us don't have sometimes we need to be to be convinced that we deserve love and support yeah and and so when we're talking about angels here before we even go any further i think that uh, I, it would be i liked how you in the book talked about um, kind of the history of angels, where they've appeared, what is it that we're actually working with, talking to when you're saying when we work with the angels and, and the, of course, the 21 day experiment that you outline in the book. Can you tell us, give us a little background about what are we talking about here? Well, what we're talking about is goes beyond religion and cultures all over the world, whether they're major religions or smaller or indigenous religions, they all acknowledge that there is invisible benevolent beings that are here to support you each person out there so if we have a global reference to benevolent beings then it almost doesn't matter what we call them it doesn't absolutely doesn't matter what religion we're from so this goes beyond religion and it's also not required that you are on a quote-unquote spiritual path All that's required is that you simply ask for help and keep your mind even slightly open to the possibility. So this is not about faith. This is about practice. To me, it's a scientific experiment and because that's exactly what I did. I just said, well, okay, if it's possible that they're here, I'm just going to try it. And that's what the book's about. So angels, are, we, we, we write historically. So a lot of this book, some of the names are taken from uh, older, you know, Judaic texts or Christian texts, but a lot of times there are um, similarities in these energies and these beings and like Hinduism and, and other things. So I make the book to where people in the West can understand it. But I also want to say that this goes, this transcends any one religion. Yeah, I, I, I loved that. And I'm, I'm curious just from where you sit, 
There are so many, I think, you know, humans like to categorize and name and put faces with names. And so there are, there are, how do you distinguish angels, say, from other ethereal entities? I mean, we've got, you know, people talk about ascended masters and earth spirits and the star families. And yeah. I think there's so many beings out there. So how do you distinguish angels and how is it that you work with them specifically? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, oh, what's so amazing is that there's so much good medicine and good support for, for us out there. Right. So yeah, in my journey and working with angels, I've and doing um, you know speaking and in, in in on stages and groups and and doing one on one and all of this stuff, I've encountered a lot of the other beings as well. Really, and each has their their beautiful place. But um, the more that you open up your intuition, and that's one of the things that happened to me after the miracles that my my spidey senses turned on. So I was more sensitive to energy and more sensitive to like the other world. Yeah. And what happens to everyone, the more that they set that intention, because we're all gifted with these gifts, just a matter of um, kind of. Uh, bringing them back to life because many of our spiritual gifts have atrophied over years of not using them. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, some of the differences, so there's the, the biggest difference between these different kinds of beings is that they all have a different uh, energetic pattern. So when I'm talking to like a crossed over loved one, let's say uh, a crossed over deceased loved one comes through their energy and it's all so much like talking to a person, like there's personality there, there's communication, there's resistance, there's jokes, you know, mm -hmm. and so that's often, you know, energetically, they feel a little more dense not in a bad way, but just a little heavier than like if an angel comes in a room, it's like this effervescent bubbles or effervescent energy. It's like very light, very bright. And if you're slightly clairvoyant, people see and feel things in different ways. Um, they, it's just a very high octave of bright light in the room when it's when it's angels. That doesn't necessarily happen when it's crossed over loved ones or or fairies or, uh, you know, like ancestors or things like that. But all of them have their special, unique uh, way of working for us. Yeah, and I think I'll just add one more thing here and get your thoughts on it, that it's interesting. I've interviewed a lot of near-death experiencers. Um, and one of the things that I think is a pretty consistent theme is that they get to go, you know, only so far, or they are very drawn to the light. The light may appear to them. And of course, other beings or entities, transition loved ones, angels, et cetera, may be with them along the journey, but they can't get very close to the light. It's almost like it will blow the circuitry, yes. um, so to speak, because there is such a di difference or a, a, a distinction between the light that is source, creation, spirit, whatever you want to call it, the center of the universe, and then all the way down to, not down, I don't want to indicate higher, lower, better, worse, just meaning just differences. And so we can't get very close, but I've always heard that angels are one of the only, if not the only, ethereal being out there that goes directly to source. It can carry the source energy, be in the presence of source in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. That that is definitely my my um, my perspective, and and I feel like that's why their frequency is so like. Let's just yeah. <laughs> very. I mean, I feel like in a sense it um, it's, it can sometimes be easier to feel the more dense beings, you know, like you can feel the spirit sometimes easier, but, um, but angels will start attuning you to more to God's light 
And so the more that you work with uh, angels, I feel like it opens you up to um, higher realms. And then the truth that starts pouring out from you comes more, even deeper from love, deeper from light. Um, I know a lot of people who just work with, if people have been to certain kinds of psychics, psychics can pull out stuff from, I mean, they do incredible work, but sometimes they're not working with the highest realms and you can kind of get a feel of the imprint of the energy that they're working with. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but just yeah, because absolutely. someone can drop and get the wisdom right doesn't mean they're working directly with source. Yeah, I, I could not agree with that more. I have not only experienced that in my own personal life um, through having various readings, et cetera, but also I've heard that from quite a few guests as well, as well as clients that I have. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not an intuitive, but many of my clients do um, tend to do readings from time to time. And so we always talk about that. So yes, I what you're saying really resonates and I would agree with that. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, Benny, I think we may have you back. So I was just going to check in and say, uh, is this a good time for a break? Can you hear me now? Yay! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, my God. That's so... Yes, today the spirit of angelness, I That's think. true. That's very true. All right. Yes, and we we'll... can take a break whenever you wish. Well, I would love to do so. When we come back, we actually can ask Corinne about her 21 days of angelness, which was, I believe, the uh, the original experiment or impetus behind what became this book that we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, I am joined today by Corinne Grillo. The book that we're discussing is The Angel Experiment. And uh, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. We will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Last Friday, students went on strike again to demand climate action by world leaders. Jill Cubitt is co-lead of Our Kids Climate, a network of parents who advocate for climate action. She says as the youth movement grows, parents also have a role to play. A lot of the things that the young people are talking about in terms of protecting their dreams and their hopes for the future, parents are also responsible for that. She says that parents who are concerned about climate change can attend a strike or another event with their kids. She says an adult's presence can help keep strikers safe, and it's an act of solidarity. She suggests bringing a sign that will resonate with other parents. Like, I'm a concerned mom, or saying like, we're fighting for their future, or this is our shared future. She says parents who cannot be there because of work might instead talk to friends and colleagues about the need for climate action. They can also encourage their children's school to support the strikers and make global warming part of the curriculum. Because kids may have created a powerful climate movement, but adults still have a tremendous amount of influence. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. There are many sounds in your day-to-day -day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. <laughs> Sounds that energize you. <laughs> and sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. 
Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. Um, and thank you, Benny, for, uh, you know, I, I haven't said it in a while, but I always appreciate, Benny always picks the best music that Aww. fits the theme of the show. Thanks. So thank Benny. Okay. Well, you have good <laughs> subject matter to choose from, so, I mean, oh, it's pretty too. good. It is. It's so <laughs> perfect, I think, for the holiday time yeah. as well. Um, yes, yeah, so my guest today is Corinne Grillo. We are talking about her new book, The Angel Experiment. Um, and so, Corinne, before the break, um, I, I had mentioned or teased up that you, you I don't know how long ago this was, but you did a 21-day angel course called The 21 Days of Angelmas. And um, that, I believe, was really what became the book that we're talking about today. Can you tell us about what that was um, and wh why it was so impactful that it became a book? Yeah, well, what's interesting is that, you know, I run Angelness every year and, uh, but how it came to be was uh, when I started kind of moving my work towards more international and, and uh, online doing some online stuff. Um, I was starting to work on this project and I was working with a, another coach and, and we we're doing this thing. And, and then I got this download, like, you know, the angels were like, Hey, no, we're not going to do that. We're doing this thing. <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm right in the middle of something. And, you know, it's December. I don't have a lot of time. I think it was a week before, maybe a week before um, or a week or two before December 1st. Yeah. And uh, they said, no, we're creating an angel holiday. Um, and they want, and it was like framed and they have these gifts that they want to give to humans, to people. And they wanted me to, to give the gifts to them. And so they showed me a 21 day gift giving experience, but at the gifts were uh, in the form of invocations and energy healings and just activations. So, so my, my, my person, the, the coach that I was working with, she's like, well, that's crazy. Don't do that. You're not going to, nothing's going to, you know, and I was like, well, you know what? It just seems like that's where the party is. And I, I want to create a party for people. So yeah. Um, yeah, just do this thing first. So we did it. And, and so every day I sat with the angels and they told me a new archangel or angel um, would come forward and say, okay, today we're going to give the people the gift of miracles. And so I would channel invocation and then they would give me a meditation to walk people through and different uh, feelings and new thoughts to connect them with. And then each day, step by step, uh, that's how we did the program. So, um, and there was some days that I was deliberating with them. It's like, are you sure you don't want it to be forgiveness? Are you sure? They're like, no, no, no it's not. And it's like, what, what kind of angels are you? Kind of thing. Doesn't want to, don't want to give forgiveness. So it was a, it was a deliberation, but uh, officially um, the, the days as they're lined up are what the angels wanted to do. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I released it and uh, I forget how many people took it the first round, maybe a few hundred and, and, it was just incredible, the stories that were coming up. We had a Facebook group at the time, so people were popping up pictures of all these amazing things and sharing these incredible stories of uh, what has just happened for them. And and so what's interesting is right now I'm running Angelness again. We just finished day 21, and just this morning I got uh, – 
I got, we got a message in from this woman who uh, has been wanting for years to take her family to Hawaii. And this was the year she's going to make it happen. And she doesn't, didn't have a lot of money, but over the years she saved $4,000, but she was only halfway there because she had a big family. And she said, for her intention, she said, I were going to Hawaii and angels help me with this. And so this happened just this morning. Uh, she, she emailed us. She said the boss brought her in just yesterday. We're on day 20 of angelness. Mm-hmm. She brought, he brought her into the office and he said, don't tell anyone else, but I'm, but you've done such amazing work this year. I'd like to give you a $5,000 bonus. Oh, are you kidding? No. And so she was like, she was like, you know, laugh crying in her, in her message. She couldn't believe it yet. She could believe it because she's been doing this work with me for about three years, but, but she, it still keeps us all so awe inspired that these things are possible. And essentially the more that you open your life to this kind of support, the more that really radically cool things. So her family's going to Hawaii with an extra $1,000 bonus, a little spending money for them. Yeah, that's just beautiful. And just, you know, for anyone out there listening, uh, of course, we're talking about Corinne's latest book, The Angel Experiment. And um, I really like the way the book is set up. um, And I want to just kind of give the overview and then dive into a couple of the sections. And it's a wonderful introduction. I guess it feels like the first third of the book or so is really, you know, your story um, and, uh, you you know, what angels you work with and some of the things you've learned from them and then pro tips for working with them. It really is a nice setup. And then, of course, the, the rest of the book is the 21 days of experiments, each day being a different one. Did I get that right? Or is that how you characterize it? That's it. Yeah. So we had to build the framework. I really wanted people to know, like, I was not born this way. And this is how I came to believe in angels. And and I, I also want to set the stage for people on what to look for, because a lot of people don't know how angels communicate back. So I wanted to give them a, a framework for what to look for, what to watch for, what to pay attention to as the experiment progresses. Yes, yes. And that that actually is where I wanted to um, to dive in a little bit. Um, Because I think this is so interesting. Now, you go into great detail. Um, There are many, many ways that you uh, list and provide that the way that our angels speak to us. Um, But I'm just curious if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, one or two of your favorites. I've got one that I actually want to ask about because it was new to me. (laughs) So I was very curious to talk to you about it. But which ones would you want to share with our audience? Um, I feel like one of my favorite is the signs. And I mean that literally. So when you start talking to angels and you're like, hey, angels, uh, show me you're there. And uh, like, this is this is what happened to me in the beginning. I just laced license plate. I remember license plate parked right in front of me. And it was like angel for you uh, <laughs> right on the right on the thing. And uh, I remember a laundry truck driving by with angel wings on it. It's like angels laundry service. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You're gonna wash your clothes, you know. Wash your wash, wash those old filthy clothes you've been wearing for too long. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah, they billboards. You know, sometimes they're just messages of love and hope, but they come right at at the right time, and you 
really get a, like kind of a body sense of it. It like will shock you and like open you up and go, oh my God, that's wow. That's exactly what I was asking for. Also the news feeds and social media, social media is a really new fun platform for uh, spirits to start speaking to us uh, because they only have so many ways they can speak to us. So they will try anything to get your attention, but it's really our up to us to really know what to look for. A lot of times, like maybe it's numbers, number patterns you'll see a lot. Sometimes they'll leave feathers, um, things like that. Yeah, I was so glad actually to return to the social media because I think so many people find social media to be divisive and toxic and you there's as there's perhaps even more bad in some people's minds than there is good. And I love that you took this medium or this platform or the various platforms and actually I, you you really reframed some things for me and I thought, okay, so if I use social media for my business, for example, this is a whole new way for me to engage with it so that I don't feel so negative when I log on. Yeah, I mean, and you can ask the angels to clear you from that negativity yeah. <laughs> because uh, social media is, I, I believe, uh, a, a platform for the light to communicate. And, and I think those of us who are here to bring some good into the world and touch lives, you know, it's almost like you have an obligation to, to check it out and, and to move in, in social media the way that feels right for you. But there's yeah. so many people, I mean, people that need the good work here. And so, so the more that you check into the good stuff and love the good stuff, the more that you'll receive the good stuff in social media. And so, um, so yeah, they, they do, they communicate through, you know, quotes of inspiration. Someone will share something and it's like, Oh my God, exactly what I needed. I just had that happen to me last week where all of a sudden I saw three posts of exactly my question that day uh, uh, answers to that question. I really needed it. <laughs> yes. And I have, I have had that experience before, um, of, of there being an answer to a question or, you know, I'm having a rough day and with my exact issues, something will come up. And I just, anyway, I just love that you brought that forth as a way that the angels might speak to us. Um, and, and yeah, the, the other thing that I wanted to ask about, this was the one that I was not familiar with, but it made sense, but I'd love to hear you speak about it. Touch. How is that possible? Oh my gosh. I didn't know either. <laughs> I look, look, I was, that shocked me too. So, um, here's the thing, you know, before my, before my first angel healing, I was feeling this thing on my hand, this tingling on my hand and I, I didn't make anything of it. And yeah. then during the session, she's like, she's like, Oh, your angel holds your hand. And I was like, no kidding. Cause my hand, I started feeling it on top of my hand. So, uh, yeah, that's actually one of my favorite ways you can, you can ask the angels to help you feel their presence. And, uh, actually in that's one of the gifts that come with the angel experiment in the book is that we attune you to be able to help you feel the presence of angels as well. But yeah, they can hold your hand or give you a little smooch. Um, I've definitely done sessions with people where right where I, when I say, okay, it looks like your angel's about to give you a smooch. Like they, they're stunned because they're like, oh my God, I just felt that. And it was right before they felt it before I said it. Um, and, and so, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, like I said, they're, they're rascals. They will find a way. They'll find yeah. a way. Yeah. And it's not, I, you know, if, if I, in my experience with energy work, um, and this in previous chapters of my life, I will say I was gifted a Reiki session or energy healing session. I felt nothing. Mm -hmm. And then as I cleaned my body a bit more, as I started mm -hmm. 
clearing my mind a bit. I, I, you know, just got down the spiritual path a little bit. Um, I found an energy healer um, in Seattle, or she found me. It was quite serendipitous. And anywho, I uh, I was gifted a session with her, and um, it was the first time I went in not expecting anything because right. for previous sessions I'm thinking, eh. And I had the most visceral experience, and I'll just say this for someone else out there in case I'm sure each person's body is unique and our energy bodies are somewhat unique. And But I had this experience of feeling like I'd plugged my finger into a socket. It kind of like my skin couldn't quite contain the energetic surge. It felt like a balloon about to explode. <laughs> and now I know after, of course, I continue to go back to her because I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is what energy's work is supposed to be like. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I can imagine now that you've said this that you do certain times when someone shares information with me, I will get, now I recognize that there's a specific tingle that happens around the crown of my head. That usually is my little indicator. I'm onto something that either I need to pursue further. It's like a, yeah. a nod of truth, something like that. But yeah, so it don't be expecting it all this to say, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, Corinne, but for me, don't be expecting it to feel like, for example, a human kiss it may feel like a little energetic tingle perhaps on your cheek. I be, so maybe it'll feel more like subtle than it would than a physical to physical contact perhaps. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about. And I, I talk about uh, that a little bit also in the book is just really learning to experience and become aware of the subtle, the subtle things happening in your body. Um, and, and that's a really important part. We, we often miss those things because our minds are so occupied with, with life and responsibilities. Yes. But, uh, but if you have the, yeah, so a lot of the, a lot of the gifts that they give us in the, uh, angel experiment is about essentially energetic detox so that you can increase your love quotient and sensitivity and also your receptors to be able to receive good things, receive light, receive that, everything that's really our birthright. I mean, we it's right there. Exactly. And, and one of the things I just want to point out that you mentioned in the book in several different ways in several places is around patience, managing expectations, being able to listen to the subtle cues, not expecting that, you know, as you mentioned before, your earth shattering moment, maybe someone else's experience would be a little bit more subtle. And it's about really being patient and consistent with your work with them. Yes. It's, it's like what you were talking about with the, with your, with your energy healing experience. And then, um, and then, you know, the, the right time happens, all of a sudden something happens. I've seen so many people over the years not, go from not feeling, experiencing anything, but the key is they stuck with it. They didn't just quit on spirit or quit on the angels because they didn't get like a, you know, they, the spirit didn't hand them a, you know, a hoagie, you know, <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, it just kept going because, because it feels good essentially to, to pray no matter what's happening. It feels good. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. But you also point out there is one thought that will absolutely block you from feeling the subtle or the earth shattering. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, it's you believing that all those little good things or cool things that happen yeah. are, are a coincidence. Yeah. 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 So saying it's just a coincidence is just going to block everything. It's going to block everything. I mean, that's just like, there's a cranky, 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 your old cranky old curmudgeon uncle, you know, who's like, oh, that's just a coincidence, like shooting us down. 
<laughs> you know, you got to get, you know, cranky old Uncle Bob out of your head and and start, you know, inviting in the magic, the magical child uh, back into your heart where, whoa, what if that wasn't a coincidence? And you start paying attention to those little things and and you become aware, whoa, these things are going on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, who wants to be a curmudgeon anyway? I mean, let's let's just say I I think I like to be on the more magical side. But even if your curmudgeon uncle was correct, like, do you really want to be like him? Like, does his life seem very fun? <laughs> How's, that How's that working, Bob? How's that working, I know exactly. Bob? All your piss and vinegar. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, we all needed one of those cranky uncle Bobs. They're really cute and precious, but we don't have to be them. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, so let's talk just briefly about, you know, we've talked about how the angels might speak to us. What do you recommend in us talking to them? I mean, we live on a planet of free will. Do we have to ask for it? Do we need to talk out loud? How does it work? Yeah, I feel that they, uh, yeah, we, we do have to ask. We got to put our intention out there. They, they, I do, you know, we've all heard of the stories where a, a cat, something cataclysmic is about to happen and the angel shows up and rescues someone. There, that really does happen. And so we believe, like, if that's not happening in divine time, in timing, then angel will intervene. But for the most part, uh, we're, we're on, we're, you know, they, they're still kind of throwing pebbles at us. They're just like there to support us. But uh, when a human starts engaging their magical nature and starts understanding their place in, in the world as, as a magical being who has a team waiting for them to go to work for them, when they start really including that team in their mission, in their dreams, in their hopes and their desires, then the team can gather, but they need, they need a leader. They, they need you to tell tell them what they're doing. Some people think angels are just there to, oh, tell me what to do. What's my next step? That's not really how it works. I mean, it can work that way, but that's you really usurp, usurping your own power. And so I prefer you make a, an inspired decision. You follow a path of joy. You let your team know what you're doing, and then they come and support you. That's the most powerful way, I believe, to work with angels. A lot of people sometimes displace their power when it comes to working with God or angels or any other being. They think that the being has all uh, the answers, and really it's us and about learning how to do deep listening and then get support for the angels. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I have to ask, I'm curious what your thoughts are because I've, I've always uh, understood that be- because we do live on a planet of free will, we need to ask, they're not going to interfere in our life um, unless we invite them in. But then you hear these stories, say, for example, I remember um, seeing a story online uh, that made the rounds that um, there was a car accident and I think it was a child was trapped in the car mm-hmm. and uh, and then the somehow they were able to get the child out and the photography of a either a passerby or a journalist who was on the scene showed you could very clearly see it looked like that you know how these beings show up on camera like just like an orb of light or this kind of silhouette of of shadowy ethereal form and i think in those situations where it's like a split second emergency where a human is not consciously asking for help but there is clearly divine assistance what how do they know to step in in those situations and not others like i've never understood that one yeah i know yeah so yeah those are the times where i'm like okay that doesn't need free will but uh, okay, so what's so interesting, Sunny, is that I just got an answer for this. This was like two, two days ago or something. And I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So, so here's the thing. One of the, okay, humans were in the third dimension, which is a very dense 
uh, realm and it's kind of polluted with fear and and it's not like a higher frequency right so even though our angels are always with us um the reason why prayer and something like an invocation which our book is the angel experience is full of what it does is it helps activate your light quotient your frequency your bigness in a sense so that they hear you see you louder and so perhaps when there's a big cataclysmic accident even though you're not, you know, sitting down, kneeling with your hands in prayer form. You're putting out a huge frequency, a huge mm-hmm. energy, and your light team can see and support you. But I, I feel like it's it's like something big has got to happen. Like we generally have to like generate this electricity and this light quotient so that we can um, engage this kind of awesomeness that's here for us. Yes, that makes so much sense. And I love that. I'm so happy you got that answer. That. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's my new ongoing theory. <laughs> I like it. And I also want to ask, um, as we're getting close to the end of the show, um, from a more like, I don't even want to say 50,000 foot viewpoint, like a cosmic perspective here, like what's going on. I, you know, we are living in a time where we can talk about angels and community with angels and not be uh, burned at the stake or hanged for it. Just in, you know, it was just several hundred years ago where talking yeah. about these kinds of things would have gotten us yeah. killed. Bonus. We've got a very low threshold to be so happy that we can talk about this and not I die. <laughs> and then we've got people like, you know, um, Abraham Hicks, who started coming through in the 80s, along with some other really big channeled sources. We've got folks like you whose spiritual gifts are awakened. And this is the work that you're bringing to the world. Where we're really talking about this. And I'm curious, do you see your work and all of this kind of coming together as um, being a part of, you know, kind of the awakening of our species, that, that these beings are making themselves more known to us because this is the time when we need them? Yes. Well, I, 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 I do believe that, um, you know, the shamanic people, you know, believe we're, we're in the fifth world, which is a great time of transition um, and polarity and cataclysms and all of this stuff. But at the same time, there, the, what I, how I see it is that there's a heart, the collective heart is awakening mm. back to its original state, its original form. And humans are uh, in a sense becoming activated uh, but we have a choice. We we can we can move towards love, or we can continue to propagate fear. And love doesn't necessarily mean light. Love means an inclusiveness, uh, an acceptance, and love for others, even if they have opposite opinions. Yes, yes, that's beautiful, beautifully put. Um, well, and here we are at the end of the hour. Um, so, darn, I know. Corinne, thank you so much for being on Sunny Sunny in Seattle. It has just been so much fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. It's been so, so fun. Juicy. (laughs) Yes. So my guest today was Corinne Grillo. The book we have been discussing is The Angel Experiment. And it is, uh, along with all the background information about how to talk to angels, how to hear them, what angels she works with, what to know about angels, all of the good stuff. 
Um, it does include a 21 day experiment where you really get to interact with them. And uh, so if you want to do that, uh, you can uh, find the Angel Experiment book online. Um, the website for Corinne is corinnegrillo.com, C-O-R-I-N-G-R-I-L-L-O.com. Um, so thank you everyone for listening to Sunny in Seattle. Um, Corinne, we have maybe 30 seconds left. Is there just one final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners before we go off into uh, the holidays? Yes, I want you to, you know, because we're in the holidays, a lot of people are really feeling the, feeling the season, not in a good way. And so what I really want to say to everyone out there is that you're you're not alone. You're not alone. And please do everything you can to to understand that truth. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for listening. You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy, and I'll see you next week. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.